Good day. It is so good to be back with you as I come to share a word of God with you. And I thank you in advance for giving me a few minutes of your time. If you don't mind, I want to dive right into this teaching so not to take much of your time. I want to start like this today, just something a little different. I want to share a conversation or an encounter that I had recently with a young lady. And she began it like this. I'll never forgive him for what he did to me. She said with the anger, disdain and vindictiveness still evident 28 years later, it was clear for all to see that the unforgiveness was still present, not only in her voice, but in her spirit. Anger consumed her at the mere mention of this man's name. Although she was now remarried to a good man named Mike, she was still carrying the baggage of a man who had departed her life nearly three decades earlier. Mike, her husband, was there, but so too were the emotional scars left behind by the other man. Her life had become consumed with the unforgiveness towards a man who did not even know if she still existed. This woman was drowning in an abyss of unforgiveness over all these many years. Mike continued to display his love and support for her. Despite her fixation, overwhelming bitterness, her life, spirit, and attitude were poisoned, killing her and others around her, and she was not even aware of its effects on them or herself. The slow death she was experiencing, she had brought upon herself by allowing the enemy to take up residence in her spirit in the form of unforgiveness. Others had spoken to her about letting it go, but she refused because it was now part of her makeup, rooted in the very fabric and woven within every fiber of her DNA. She was an unforgiving, bitter, and angry woman. You know, it saddened my spirit as I listened to her speak. To know that for 28 years, this evil spirit had resided and become embedded within this woman's mind and spirit. The part of this that really set me aback was that she said she attended church every Sunday, proclaimed her love for the Lord, and said she had a real relationship with God. She spoke for a few more minutes, and then we departed ways. Her words, I'll never forgive him for what he did to me, stayed within my spirit even until late that night. While I lay awake, pondering and reliving the moments of my day, 28 years, I thought to myself, I began praying and asking God for revelation. And the answer came to my spirit and it was clear. It was her choice to be unforgiving. So today, if you don't mind, I want to talk to you from the thought of forgiveness is paramount to move closer to him. And our main scriptures, will come from Matthew, Ephesians, and Mark. Matthew 6, 14 through 15, and it reads as follows. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Ephesians 4, 32 reads as follows. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And finally, Mark eleven twenty five. It reads as follows. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your heavenly father may forgive you your trespasses. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. In my encounter with the young lady, we can see how unforgiveness has gripped this woman's spirit. And after 28 years, 
She had become bitterly angry, unforgiving, and a miserable person, yet totally unaware of her own misery and the unhappiness she was causing everyone around her. The saddest part of this whole story is that she called herself a Christian. She is both misinformed and misguided into thinking that her thoughts, actions, and behavior are acceptable in someone who believes in God. However, she is not alone. I've discovered from talking to people in church, there are so many Christians who are holding on to animosity, hurt, and an unforgiving spirit towards someone who is neither in their lives thinking about them nor remember them. They've moved on with their lives while you're still stuck in a place and with the spirit of unforgiveness towards someone who has moved on from you, you are holding yourself hostage by your own unforgiveness of this person. The unforgiving and the bad feelings toward people they feel have wronged them. As we progress in the teaching, I will call these three unforgiving, bitterness, and anger the triplets because where you find one, you usually find all the others. If you don't mind, let me ask you this question. How many times have you wronged other people? And even more importantly, how many times have you wronged God and believe he has forgiven you because you asked for it? It's just a question, food for thought. If you would allow me to begin like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's Matthew 6, 9 through 14, the King James Version of our Father's Prayer. We all know and recognize the Lord's Prayer or our Father's Prayer. It is one of the most taught and talked about prayers in all Christianity that even as an unsaved parent, I taught my children to recite it, as many of you has done as well. Now, although it has been spoken by the saved and the unsaved, adults as well as children, the educated as well as the uneducated all around the world, how many of us truly understand and live by one of the central themes of this amazing prayer that Jesus gave and taught to the disciples as a model for them and us to keep in mind as we pray. But despite all of us praying it, knowing it, teaching it to others, and able to recall it at a moment's notice, what is the premise behind this simple but eloquent prayer that our Lord provided as a pattern for us to imitate? Allow me to bring to light just one of the passages in this prayer. And it reads as follows. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Matthew 6 and 12 in the NIV. Can I ask you this question? How many of us say this prayer not realizing or understanding what we are saying and or proclaiming to God? So please allow me to read the scripture again so we can have a clear understanding what we're saying as we have also forgiven our debtors. I ask that you pause for a moment and think about that. If you and I have not forgiven before or after you've said this prayer, what are we doing? So I say truthfully, all of us, you and me, have said this prayer with unforgiveness in our hearts. In the opening, I spoke of a young lady who was hurting and who had been hurt by a past relationship. Allow me to say this. When someone's heart hurts, 
The head stops thinking and the need for revenge and retaliation based on how your heart feels comes to the forefront. Therefore, one begins to develop the desire to have the other person's heart to hurt as much as theirs. And the need for revenge and retaliation based on how your heart feels comes to the forefront. Allow me to say it again. When someone's heart hurts, the head stops thinking and the need for revenge and retaliation based on how your heart feels come to the forefront. Therefore, we begin to develop the desire to have the other person's heart to hurt as much as ours. That's why it's so important that Christians allow God to rid your spirit of unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger that you hold in your hearts towards anyone. Because unforgiveness is a vine that spreads fast and can take over a person's life. Do you know unforgiveness left unchecked is a breeding ground for the enemy to work? That's right, a breeding ground. Have you ever planted a flower bed, left it unattended or ungroomed for a few weeks, and when you return to groom it, you find the weeds have taken over? Your flower bed becomes a breeding ground for weeds. And one thing about a weed, you don't have to water it, take care of it. It runs wild all by itself. Well, can I say bitterness and unforgiveness does the same thing within your heart, being the fertile breeding ground for it? Scripture says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and no roots of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defile many. That's Hebrews 12 and 15. Do you know anywhere there's hatred, anger, rage, bitterness, or unforgiveness, you find the hands and the roots of the enemy there? Those are acts of the flesh, sinful flesh found in Galatians. Remember, bitterness, unforgiveness, and anger all hang out together, seeking company to recruit people that will entertain them. That is why I am so saddened and alarmed when it comes to social media. So many Christians on these platforms that post so much anger, hatred, and bitterness, and many that call themselves Christians continue to read it, repost it, and befriend them. Don't you know that is the way the enemy infiltrates your spirit? By slowly dripping foolishness, angry words, and bitterness into your spirit, making you immune to it, and eventually it takes root in you. And next thing you know, the same people that started off posting Christian thoughts and ideas are now the same people reposting nasty and ugly posts, as well as posting their own ignorant, foolish, negative, and devilish posts right alongside of the Christian ones. Don't you know you've nullified your witnessing because you're just like everyone else? You've succumbed to the tricks of Satan. You must understand he is seeking fertile soil to plant in. And you constantly being around, reading and hearing all the anger and hatred of others are seeds being planted. Just like the poor lady I shared with you about in the opening, she allowed the seeds of unforgiveness to take root in her life and blossom into a full-fledged tree of the triplets, which in turn became rooted within her. However, had she learned of her professed relationship with God, she would have been able to escape the grips of Satan and allow her experience with this man to become a life lesson, a confession and a testimony that could have helped her as well as others, having learned from her past mistakes and being able to give glory to God for her mess her misery, and her test, which would have become her message, her ministry, and her testimony. 
She could have now been enjoying the blessings of her new husband and not stuck in the hurt of the old one. Sadly, many people find themselves in this same boat, having either allowed these feelings to fester inside of them and harming their present well-being and preventing them from being blessed with a healthy new relationship. You have to understand bitterness is a breeding ground and everything that roots in it prevents you from receiving and being blessed with a new healthy thing, whether it's a relationship or even a job. Unforgiveness is detrimental to your health, peace of mind, your salvation. So instead of allowing unforgiveness to give root to bitterness, allow your roots to be in Christ and let him be the foundation for your life. That's Colossians 2 and 7, helping you to uproot unforgiveness and supplant it with his forgiveness, peace, love, which will allow you to move on without looking back or being held back by unforgiving spirits. Please allow me to say this to you. Unforgiveness means unforgiven. Scripture says, if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. How simply can he state it? It is what it is. Unforgiveness means unforgiven. If you aren't able to forgive others, God isn't going to forgive you. So is your salvation, your relationship with God worth holding on to unforgiveness? As we see the results of unforgiveness in our opening with the young lady I spoke about. So I say to you, please let it go. Forgive so you can be released from the devil's demons of unforgiveness anger and bitterness from your spirit and life. Please understand that I am by no means minimizing the impact that such atrocities of abuse, childhood, or sexual abuse has on a person's life and damage that it can cause to your psyche. But if you hold on to the unforgiveness, you have just empowered the person and the situation as opposed to you having the power over it. You can, by overcoming these hurtful experiences, teach others who may have shared similar circumstances, how to overcome. I say this to you with a tremendous amount of love and lots of respect that if you are still standing, you have already defeated the devil and whatever vessel, man, woman that he used to inflict pain, hurt and harm on you, you win through the forgiveness in your heart and betterment of your spirit and his attempts to steal, kill and destroy you have only made you stronger, better and more powerful. But this power can be only displayed when you have shown that you have forgiven the person who wronged you. If you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. Don't forgive and you aren't either. The people that wronged you, God will take care of them for you. His vengeance on them will be greater than you could ever do. I know forgiveness is hard to overcome. In situations like this, but you can. I speak from firsthand experience by living it with a close friend before they come to Christ. They were bitter and angry at a situation that they were in at the time. If it had not been for God's love, the prayer of others, and having gained the knowledge of his love and forgiveness towards them, they could not have been released from the unforgiving anger and hatred in them. They might have become just like the young lady in my encounter full of bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness towards others. But it was God's word and help that taught them how to operate in love and forgiveness. And that applies to you and me as well. 
all of us. Only then was he able to shake loose from the grips of the triplets that once held him. And what the enemy meant for harm has only made him better, better material for God to use. But just no unforgiveness left untreated. By God's word, it's hard to shake loose of. It's like a cancer. It spreads fast and is deathly dangerous. It is a breeding ground for many other spirits. Bitterness, rage, anger, and revenge. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth your peace, soul, salvation, and torment to your spirit it causes. What the text says to all of us, we have to forgive to be forgiven. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you your sins. Matthew 6 and 14. True forgiveness is a vital component in your Christian growth and requires that you no longer hold on to the unforgiveness or bitterness towards the person. Jesus, while on the cross, made this request to his father concerning the very people who put him there. And it is written for all of us to emulate. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let me say it again. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke 23 and 34. It is obvious Jesus was asking God to forgive them for what they were doing to him before the final act was completed. Jesus asked for that forgiveness. Do you think Jesus wasn't angry at what all had transpired? Could, could he have been? I imagine he was. But despite him potentially being angry and maybe bitter due to how things went down before it was completed and he gave up the ghost of the spirit, he asked for their forgiveness. Just as he forgives us daily for our actions, behavior and sins, he desires you and I to do the same. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3 and 13. Why do you think he used the phrase bear with each other? Because he knew some of you would be hard to deal with and would bring some issues to the table, causing some problems once in a while and others could potentially get mad or angry at, which these things could cause some grievances. He knew because he spoke of it in the text, but he also gave us a solution to it all. Forgive. Forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. For all the times you were a knucklehead, didn't follow directions, angered God, and did wrong in his sight, he forgave you. In order to teach you to forgive others, think of how many times God has had to forgive you and me. Just this week, just this day, understand the responsibility and duties of a Christian is to teach others how to forgive those who wrong you. Again, if God is willing to forgive and forget your sins, disobedience, wrongs, and transgressions against him, why can't you and I do the same for others? Aren't we supposed to be imitators of Christ? Lastly, allow me to leave with this. Forgiveness allows you to move forward, whereas unforgiveness causes you to get stuck looking backwards. It is impossible to move forward when you have placed your life in reverse with your mind and heart stuck in bitterness and unforgiveness towards someone that's not even thinking about you. Understand, unforgiveness causes more hurt and harm to you whom have not forgiven more than it does the person you have not forgiven. It keeps you in captivity and connected to the person even though 
they have disconnected from you. Think about that. They've moved on, not thinking about you at all, but yet you and your unforgiveness are constantly thinking about them. Your bitterness, anger, and malcontent towards an ex or someone you don't like holds you in bondage. And you are not released until you forgive. Because as long as you keep unforgiveness towards them, part of them is part of you and your spirit. And it renders you partially handicapped from starting over anew and something new with someone else. Your future is rooted in love and not past pains. Be thankful to God that situations came, but more thankful that you overcame them. These things leave you with the lasting testimony to pass on to others. The choices are simple. You can continue to hold on to those pains of the past, unforgiveness and bitterness, and not be forgiven by God. Or you can cast aside the spirit of unforgiveness, bitterness and anger and put on the spirit of forgiveness and betterment. And be like that tree rooted by the stream that yields good fruit. It is blessed and is a blessing to others. It's your choice. What choice will you make? Forgiveness or unforgiveness? You being forgiven by God or not? Receiving his best or not? Being used by God or not? Being blessed or not? Eternal life or not? Closer to God or not? Remember, forgiveness is paramount. For you to get closer to God, your call, your choice, your life, take it back. Get your power back from Satan, from an unforgiven heart. When we forgive, we become better. And in turn, it builds up our self-esteem, health, and allows sound thinking in all situations. Additionally, it also builds up others when they can hear that you're still standing in love, power, and forgiveness through all that you've gone through. Understand as I leave you, forgiveness isn't for them, it's for you. In order for you to be forgiven as well as for you to move on with your life, void of the spirit of unforgiveness, anger and bitterness, forgiveness defeats them and runs them out of your life. Forgive so that you may be forgiven. In addition, I say, don't hesitate to forgive yourself. We all make mistakes. So forgive others, but don't forget to forgive yourself as well. So remember, forgiveness is for you, not necessarily for them. Forgiveness is paramount to get closer to him. Amen. As always, we hope you enjoyed today's message. We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day. And we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen. AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.